Hello and welcome to 101 Days Away. This week I'm exploring Nepal. I'm taking you to the Kathmandu Valley and then we're heading into the jungle. I have made it to Kathmandu. It was a long day of travel. It took about 11 hours because I had to fly through Singapore, but it all went really seamlessly. Even getting my visa was easy. The man who picked me up and brought me to the hotel is one of the sweetest humans in the world. And right next to the hotel, there's the most darling little cafe with outdoor seating and twinkle lights and lanterns, and it's exactly where I want to be right now. The flight here was slightly eventful. We flew over a lot of thunderstorms, which were beautiful to watch. They freaked me out a little bit, but I kind of calmed down and was able to enjoy just watching them. And then the moon came out, and it was one of the best moons I've seen in my entire life. It was a big, bright, clear, full orange moon that was just glowing in the sky, and pictures did it no justice. It was something that you just had to be there and see and take in. The other exciting news is that it is cool enough here to wear a sweatshirt at night. I've never been so excited to wear a sweatshirt. I was sweating for the entire time I was in Vietnam and Cambodia. I loved it, but I am a girl from Maine. I'm not used to the heat. And it just feels really good to be out of the heat and in a slightly cooler, yet still warm, climate. On my first day in Nepal, I went to what was the Kingdom of Patan. It was one of the four kingdoms that was in this area. Patan was an area that was known for its craftspeople and artists. And the palace here is completely decorated with wooden and metal sculptures. There's a lot of Hindu symbolism throughout the royal palace began construction in the 16th century and it was used until about 1860. The palace is just one of many buildings in this ancient city. It did sustain damage in the 2015 earthquake and reconstruction efforts are underway and a lot has already been completed. Yesterday I was at the hotel pool in Phnom Penh surrounded by older Australians who were on a group tour and when one of them heard I was coming to Kathmandu he felt the need to come over and basically scold me for saying I was coming here. He said, it's a mess. It is going to be a mess. Don't you know there was an earthquake 18 months ago? I had no idea what he was talking about. And he also had no idea what he was talking about. The earthquake he was referencing was over four years ago at this point, And Kathmandu is definitely not a mess. There was a massive earthquake here in 2015 and parts of the temples were destroyed. There's a massive reconstruction effort underway and there's a team of people who are building replicas of anything that was destroyed. So if there was a piece of a carving that couldn't be recovered and reused, it's being made now by a team of specialists. There is a metalwork and woodworking museum in the Royal Palace and it's considered to be the best metalwork museum in Asia. Inside the museum you can learn how different sculptures were made. The process is fascinating because they're so intricately detailed. My guide Sunil is one of the best guides I've had on this trip. He's able to go into great detail explaining everything including the history and the very intricate Hindu symbolism that is found throughout the carvings in the palace. We've come to Bodhanath Stupa. It is the largest stupa of its kind in the world. It's a big white structure with a dome in the middle. 
the steps are golden. There are hundreds of prayer flags flying in the wind. Each one has a different prayer written on it. The temple was built in the fourth century. It is now a place where Tibetan Buddhists come to worship. The temple takes the form of a stupa, and a stupa represents the path towards enlightenment. The base represents the earth, then the dome represents water. On top of the dome, there's a small base, which represents fire. The steps represent air, and then the top represents the sky. The majority of the population here is Hindu, but as in Cambodia and Vietnam, the religions are intertwined. One of those reasons is because the Buddha is considered to be one of the reincarnations of Vishnu. Our third stop of the day was the Pashu Pachanath Temple, which is a site of religious pilgrimage for the Hindu people, and it is also where bodies are cremated along the river. The Hindu believe that there are five elements that we are made out of. The earth, the water, fire, air, and sky. And by cremating a body next to a river, it is bringing the body and returning it to those five elements. At the end of the day yesterday, we came to Naragat, which is a city overlooking the mountains. Or at least that's what I'm told. The mountains have been hiding under clouds since I've gotten here. But it's a beautiful mountain town. It's very peaceful and relaxing. And we're about to go on a hike. We're on a walk down trails that the villagers use. <laughs> and we've made our way to a small farm. After walking down tiny trails and small villages, we've made it to Changu Narayan. This is the oldest village in the Kathmandu Valley. The centerpiece of the town is a Hindu temple dedicated to Vishnu. Construction began in the second century, and it stands in excellent condition today. There's elaborate metalwork and wood carvings, and it was barely harmed in the earthquake. We hopped in the car and drove to Bhaktapur. This city is a UNESCO World Heritage City and it's considered the cultural capital of Nepal. It's known for its beautiful temples. Bhaktapur is known for its arts, especially pottery, and it used to be the capital city of Nepal. It was the capital from the 12th to the 15th centuries. Today I'm exploring the city of Kathmandu and we've come to the Monkey Temple, which is what it's called by tourists because a lot of monkeys like to hang out here. There's a very large stupa here on top of a hill that overlooks the city below. And this is a historical stupa. It doesn't have a religious relic, but it is believed that there is an internal flame burning below the stupa. Beside the stupa, there is a temple and it is of the God that protects mothers and children. This is an important place of worship for both the Hindus and the Buddhists. They both come here, and a lot of the architecture is a blend of both cultures. This site was impacted by the earthquake, and there are some areas that are still being rebuilt, but the major sites have been rebuilt at this point. We're in Kathmandu's old royal square, and we're gonna go see the living goddess. She's about four years old. We've come to the Kamari Temple in Kathmandu. This is the temple where the living goddess lives. She's selected at the age of about three or four, and she lives in the temple until she reaches puberty. She is not human, she is a goddess, and her feet are not to touch the ground. 
the few times she leaves each year, she is carried. She lives on the second floor of the temple because her feet don't touch the ground that way. And she comes to the window a few times a day to greet visitors. We're walking through the old part of Kathmandu where the streets are lined with different vendors selling things. Things are kind of organized, so when we walked in, it was mostly textiles, and then there was a part where people were selling metal goods, like pots and pans and serving platters, and now we're in the spice market. I parted ways with Sunil today. He was my tour guide, and I'm spending the afternoon on my own. I'm wandering through Tamil, which is the touristy part of town. There's tons of shops here. They're selling a lot of different textiles and jewelry and metalwork. And there's a lot of stuff geared towards the trekkers, too. I walked through Tamil to the Garden of Dreams. This is a little garden that's just tucked away in the heart of the city. It's actually one of the most crowded places that I have been to since I've gotten to Kathmandu. But it is truly beautiful and it is a very serene place outside of the busyness of the city. It is sunny and not very cloudy, but somehow rain is being spit out at us right now, which I don't quite understand. That grumpy old Australian man warned me that Kathmandu was going to be a mess. And the area isn't a mess. There are buildings that sustained damage that are still being rebuilt. But don't let that deter you from coming. There's still so much to see and appreciate. And I love learning about this amazing culture. It took six hours on a bus, but I have arrived at the Chitwan National Park. This is a national park in Nepal that is home to a wide range of wildlife, including rhinoceroses, tigers, wild elephants. So some things that you just cannot find back home. Chitwan National Park used to be the king's hunting grounds, but eventually it became a national park. There have been no poachers here for eight years, which is something they're very proud of. And there are rangers that patrol the area to keep it that way. We have walked to the riverbank. The river divides the land that is the national park with the land that isn't. So you can stand on the edge and wait. And hopefully the animals will come to the river to have a drink. We've come back to the river this morning and we're going to go for a canoe ride. The canoes are made out of single dugout trees. And then they're paddled kind of the same way as a gondolier would paddle in Venice, where people have long poles that they use to push the canoes through the water. We are in the canoe, which sways back and forth a little bit more than I would like. And the guide just reminded us that both the fish-eating and the meat-eating crocodiles reside in this river. We can hear the crocodiles splashing around. They like to live in little holes along the banks of the river. The canoe took us to the opposite side of the river, and now we're going on a nature walk. And there is a bug that just loves flying right around my head. <laughs> Our walk through the forest has led us to an elephant breeding center. The center opened in 1986, and so far there have been 34 elephants born here. That might not sound like a lot, but an elephant is pregnant for 22 to 24 months. We are on an afternoon Jeep safari. So we're driving through the jungle. And so far we've spotted a lizard, a wild boar, and now a monkey. We have taken a quick break from the Jeep. 
and we stopped at a center where they breed a rare variety of crocodile that is native to the area. So far on the safari, we've seen monkeys, we've seen a lot of spotted deer, which are very beautiful, and we saw a rhino and a few different types of birds. And hopefully, now that it's getting to be late afternoon, we'll see some more rhinos on the way back. A massive, massive thunderstorm has hit, and hail is smacking the rooftop. I can't even imagine what monsoon season is like, considering that it's not even here yet. I am back in Kathmandu. I'm very glad to be here. The bus took six hours from Chitwan. It was a little nerve-wracking. We were close to the edge a couple times when we were driving through the mountains. I'm in Kathmandu just for the night. Tomorrow I fly to Rome, and then from Rome I continue on to Sardinia. And as always, if you want to see photos that go along with these stories, just head over to my website, thekitchen.com. In next week's episode, I'll be telling you all about my time in Sardinia.